This episode is all about the future. We're going to look forward and talk about what does FAMU, Southern, Grambling, and North Carolina Central all have to look forward to. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day every single day and remember just because the mic cuts off and it will cut off in a little bit about 30 minutes doesn't mean it's time to end your journey. It means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They have you covered this season with more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And as I said in the opening, this episode is all about the future and looking forward. These teams, except for Southern, all won on Saturday, and they have some things, relatively bright things, that they can look forward to or are attempting to achieve, depending on how you want to look at it. But we're going to break them down each individually. We're going to start off with FAMU, because for FAMU, I usually recap the game. I'm going to give a quick little, you know, a little something-something about how I felt about FAMU's performance. I've talked about how FAMU has been not as complete in each game. I thought they played a very complete game. I thought that the defense did a good job controlling Bashan McCray's legs. He's a great athlete, so he's going to get loose every now and then, right? But it's about controlling those highs and lows and making sure the highs don't outweigh the lows. And that's exactly what I felt like that Rattler defense did. I felt like the offense was on point. I thought Musa looked good once again and looked good for the duration of the game. Xavier Smith, I thought, looked good. I really was impressed by how they performed and... If I had any more critiques, I'm just at the point where I'm going to shut up now. Right? Y'all seen that? <laughs> y'all y'all see that Meat Mill uh, meme where he's putting his, his hand over his lips? Like, shh. That's what I'm doing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm stopping because I felt as if they've done it for so many games in a row. And then in this game against arguably the best team that they've beaten this year, they really looked the part. So there's no more for me to say I'm on Hushmo when it comes to critiquing the Rattlers. And I think that they... Put it all together in this game. But what happens next? What is the next step? What are you looking forward to outside of just playing Alabama State, which I think is a very interesting game. But what do we have to look forward to for FAMU? FAMU has their eyes on one thing, and that's the playoffs. They're not going to win the Swackies. This It's just very unlikely. But the thing is, getting into the playoffs is an equally tall task, and you're going to need the same amount of luck. Now, it doesn't look like anybody's going to stop Jackson State, let alone two teams stop Jackson State. So you can write that off. So I think that the playoffs is a more reasonable goal, but I think it's still pretty hard. You're not in the top 25. Um, I'm recording this just because top 25s typically come out on, on Monday. I'm recording it. Hasn't came out yet. I don't even know if they're going to have votes. They didn't have votes last week. So I'm not quite sure 
where their placement will be in this top 25 as far as some of the extras or if they creep in. If they're not in the top 25, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very difficult, especially as a SWAC and MEAC team, right? You're already fighting an uphill battle because, as Coach Simmons mentioned, the, the level of play is not respected. So with that being the case, you sometimes you have to be a little bit more flashy. Sometimes you have to be a little bit more dominant. And FAMU hasn't been that. Coach Simmons doesn't feel like they need to be that. And I think that's where we disagree. I feel like they do need to be flashier. I do feel like they need to be more dominant because they're in the same predicament that they were last season. They made the playoffs last season. They could end nine and two. The exact same record they had last season. A loss to a divisional one opponent or a, a Div division one FBS opponent, and then also Jackson State. The same thing that could happen this year. But the difference to me is two places. Number one, I don't feel like they've been as dominant. They don't feel as dominant. They won a bunch of games in a row. Can't take that from him. But I feel like he was talking about being a complete team and playing both halves. And if he noticed it, of course the, the division, or excuse me, the committee is going to notice it. So with that being the case, you get to a point where we can be understanding, but we also have to understand that the committee likely won't be. And that's the predicament. You're not as dominant as you were last year. I hope that all of this is wrong, but you just don't feel like you're dominant. It felt like it took you longer to get into gear. It felt like you had to start up and really ease your way into becoming the team that you were against Southern. The committee is going to see it, and yeah, that's great. You are a, a, a powerhouse under Willie Simmons, right? You win a bunch of games under Willie, Willie Simmons. That's fine, but you have to go on a year-by-year -year basis, and because you're an HBCU and a SWAC or a MEAC, you, you just don't get the benefit of the doubt. That's the truth of the matter. People don't want to hear it, but that's the truth of the matter. And then also, the second place that's different is you got blown out against Jackson State. Last year, you lost by one point. That type of loss is going to keep conversations. For example, let's just take it to the FBS level. Oregon got the duck crap beat out of them against Georgia, right? That was a terrible game. That was week one. First year head coach for that program. New quarterback. That loss in week one, where they lost very badly, could be the thing that keeps them out of the playoffs because people are going to remember, man, that happened against Georgia. And that was week one the same way that Jackson State was week one. So we just have to weigh it and understand that it's going to carry some weight. I hope that they make the playoffs, but that's what this game is going to move them forward to because they can't lose another game and make the playoffs. And even winning all of them is going to be a situation where, all right, you might need a little bit of luck. Fingers crossed that they get it and some of the teams ahead of them begin to drop and it makes FAMU's resume look even more favorable. But then you look at Southern, what's next for them is you got to hope PV loses. But you're in kind of a crapshoot. Like last week, Against FAMU, you knew PV lost because they lost on Friday night. You played Saturday. You knew what you needed to do. You didn't get it done. That's okay, FAMU is a good team. Sometimes you just going to lose them games. But now you're in a very similar, but not same, but very similar predicament. And for Southern, it's been the same all year. Went out. That's what I need. Went out. When they lost to Jackson State, now it's you need to win out and PV needs to lose. But the only thing about PV losing and then you losing is that you're sitting at three losses. So you need them to get to three losses. But Texas Southern is at three losses. We're talking about in the conference. And then Alcorn is at three losses. I don't know what happens if all of these teams tie, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I kind of want it to happen. And truthfully, PV could lose. 
PB struggled against Bethune Cookman, had to come back. Depending on how you feel about Alcorn, they had been struggling. They beat Alcorn or they lost to Alcorn. So those are two teams that haven't looked great and you either struggled or lost to them. So the idea that they could lose one of their next two games isn't crazy. It would fit in with how they looked right now. Prairie View, Texas Southern, Alcorn, and Southern could all have three conference losses at the end of this. And could you imagine the absolute chaos that it would be? Matter of fact, I think that is the scenario that I'm rooting for. Southern, go ahead and win out. Beat the rest of your opponents. PV, lose to somebody. TSU, Alcorn, win out. All of these things can happen. And if all of these things can happen, or they do happen, you're looking at a four-way tie for the SWAC West. And that's the kind of chaos that I just want to see. Sorry. <laughs> I feel like the, uh, who's that Allstate commercial? Is it Allstate? Yeah. Mayhem. Allstate commercial. I just want to see the chaos. And going forward, I want to talk about Grambling. I told you guys I was going to let Grambling fail in peace. And I did. But now that they're succeeding, I'm about to get vocal and tell you what they can look forward to. Because they could really end this season quite strong. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about Nissan because the thrilling moment in college football this week is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup of Nissans are intended to empower the drivers and vehicles that are capable as the driver themselves. And when I think about unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment of the week, I think about that that run by Manny Jones on Alcorn in overtime. Man, if he does not make that play, I don't know if Alcorn comes up with a victory, and I don't know if we get that chaotic moment that my fingers are crossed hoping for at the end of the season and a potential four-way tie for the SWAC West. This, se this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today available at NissanUSA.com. As we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Peter Bukowski on Locked on Sports today, bringing in local experts to talk about the national news every day. So make sure you tune into that on YouTube, on Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcast. Now I want to continue looking forward, but this time we're going to put our grambling goggles on because grambling for everything that they've been through they have a very interesting opportunity to finish strong and they've lost too many games thus far for you to probably consider this season a success. But I do think you can maybe look back fondly on this season if you win the last two games. That will be four in a row. Now, Grambling's been through a lot. They were in controversy before the season started. Almost felt like the volleyball controversy and the football controversy just came together to just have a whole black cloud over Grambling Fall sports. You went through a lot. And when you start the season, like, forget all of that. If you can put it all aside and you just go to the beginning of the season, well, now you're starting the season off bad. You start off the season one and six. It looks bad. In my years of being around HBCUs heavily, which means – being in college since then. So that's the past six, uh, six seasons. Yeah, not six. Yeah, that long. So in those years, I don't remember Grambling going out like this. Yeah, they were bad last year. But this year they felt like a joke. Not like, oh my gosh, Grambling, easy dub. I don't even mean like that. 
I mean, when Hugh Jackson took the G off the helmet and then they didn't win, he took the G off the helmet for motivation and then they did not win. There was a lot of people who started using them as just, they were the butt of jokes. People started taking letters off like reverse hangman. This was bad. This was terrible. And it was a situation where in Hugh Jackson's first year, this ain't how you want it to look. I know it might not be perfect, but this isn't how you want it to look. Now, after that one and six start, you won two in a row. And people might want to talk about competition level. Oh, they beat Alcorn. They beat UAPB. I get UAPB isn't a good team. I completely understand that. That's why they fired their head coach. But when you look at Alcorn, you got to pick one. Because the only questionable loss Alcorn has is to Grambling. Like them losing to Southern isn't crazy. Southern was picked to be the favorite in the, in the SWAC West. Them losing it, well, they beat PV. But had they lost to PV, it would have been crazy. But they beat PV, another one of the better teams. The team currently leading the SWAC West. They beat them. Then they lost to TSU. So you lost to Southern, you lost to Texas Southern. And I personally think that Texas Southern is a pretty solid team. I don't think there's any shame in that either. Grambling was the one where people were like, oh, yeah, Alcorn. They ain't what they ain't nowhere close to what we thought they were. Let's go ahead and get Fred McNair out of here. But if Grambling ain't that bad, Alcorn ain't that bad of a loss. And if or if you think Alcorn ain't that bad, it's a pretty good win for Grambling. It just depends on how you want to look at it. I'll let I'll allow you to do whatever you want to do with that. But that's just the options that you have. You got to pick one. Either you don't believe in Grambling or you don't believe in Alcorn. You have to pick one, but it can't be both, right? You have to believe in one. Um, but then you also look at it and you say, going forward, they have TSU, Grambling. They have TSU and they have Southern. They could beat TSU. I don't want them to beat TSU as an alum, but they could beat TSU and it wouldn't stun me. I would say TSU is the favorite, but it shouldn't be by much. And then Southern's the Bayou Classic. That's a rivalry. Anything could happen. And if you end that, those two games, I feel like will be remembered well. Right, I think people actually believe in TSU right now. So if they were to go out and beat TSU, they might say, oh, okay, that's a good win. If you beat Southern, that's for sure a good win. You're looking at two weeks at the end of the season. That can make everything feel better. Now you begin to see silver linings and things because you end with four in a row. Now the morale around Hugh Jackson, around the whole Grambling team is different. Now the young players who will be returning next year feel like, okay, we know what we need to do to win. It's different. But you have to win both of these games. I don't know if you even, maybe Southern is the game that you just have to win and people feel different. And it's like, okay, we won three of our last four. But if you beat TSU and lose to Southern, I don't think the morale is going to rise because there's no, there's no Bayou Classic around PV and, you, okay, you lost your last game of the season. But if you do win these last four, now the games before the winning streak start to get broken down a little bit more. You look at that FAMU game. You say, oh, well, we're pretty close. That was a sign of us starting to put it together. You look at that Alabama A&M game. You said, I had to go to two overtimes. You actually started playing teams close. Now, if you don't win, ain't nobody trying to go back and hear that. But if you are winning your last four, instead of games where it's like, man, we just weren't good enough. It's, oh, they were starting to put it together. And now they finally did it. They went from getting blown out to being a team that was very close to being a team that was winning. It's a progression story if you win out. But if you don't win out, Oh, it's just a sign they just they couldn't get they couldn't get it done. They were close with no cigar. Ain't it funny how two games at the end of a season can impact two games that have absolutely nothing to do with it? But I think that's the case. Grambling is in a very interesting position. 
where they could change the tide and change the conversation around their team to a significantly more bright, a significantly more positive conversation. And it wouldn't be a success, but you can find a silver lining of, okay, we started off bad, but we finished strong and possibly going into next year, five and six, four and four in the division or in the conference, we can make something shake next year. I feel confidence that Hugh Jackson will get it together. But you have to win your last two games in order to do that. And going forward, we're going to talk about a team that has much bigger goals. And not only much bigger goals, they're very close and very attainable. We're talking about North Carolina Central and what they have to look forward to. But before I get into that, I'm recording this before the game. Put your money down on the Saints. I hope they covered the spread for you because you're going to hear this after the game. So I guess I shouldn't have told. I can't really tell you to put your money down on the Saints. But I hope that you did it. I'm not wearing this shirt for nothing, all right? I try to rep every every time this, the game's going on. I try to go out, wear my shirt on, on here, win, lose, draw, I don't care. Put your money down on better line. Whoever your team is, basketball, the baseball season just ended, but you have your combat sports is coming up. I can't wait for this Israel Adesanya fight. He's fighting against a guy who beat him twice in uh, kickboxing. It's going to be exciting. Put your money down on all of it, but put your money down on Bet Online because they are the fastest and easiest. Where the wage on all of your favorite sports, Bet Online, where the game starts. After wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, North Carolina Central controls their own destiny. Again, this is how I felt like it always should have been. To me, and I know some disagree, but to me, I always felt like North Carolina Central was the best team in the MEAC. They just showed the flashes more than everybody else to me. Like, if we're just going to look at the top three, let's just look at the big three, and that's North Carolina Central, Howard, and South Carolina State. Of that trio... I just felt like the Eagles showed flashes of being the top team more. All of those teams have had their down points, 100%. But the down points against Campbell, the down points against South Carolina State, you take that out, I just felt like that was the team to beat North Carolina Central. So this is where I feel like everything should be right now. And there's a big difference between Southern in North Carolina Central. Let's bring the first segment and the third segment all together because it is a common theme of looking forward, but let's just look back a little bit and still relate the two. Southern needed to win out in PV to lose. PV lost, but Southern ain't take care of business, and that's the difference. North Carolina Central needed South Carolina State to lose two times and for the Eagles to take care of business. Well, North Carolina Central came out and they took care of business. And the difference between these two actions is the difference between what we're looking forward to. Southern is still looking forward to PV having to lose again. North Carolina, and they need PV to lose just for them to get into the SWAC championship. North Carolina Central said, ain't nothing in my way anymore. My eyes are focused. Now, of course, you got to beat Norfolk. But my eyes are focused to the Celebration Bowl. That's the difference between the conversation because one team took care of business and one team didn't. And it looked like it was all bad. For the, for the, for the uh, Eagles. It looked like it was. Because you lost to South Carolina State. It's like first team versus second team. And you need them to lose two times. And it's feeling like it's not likely. But let me tell you what's happened. Since that North Carolina Central versus South Carolina State game. North Carolina Central dashed Delaware State's hopes. At being the top team in the MEAC. Had they beat Central. 
you're probably looking at Delaware State as first place because they have one loss. Instead, Central has one loss. And then the following week, Central comes out and Howard is top, top seed now because South Carolina State already lost. Howard doesn't have a conference loss. So what happens? You come on, you whoop them, right? You hang 50 on them. That's the performance that you put out. They're playing like a team that's playing for their season. But then you fast or you look over to South Carolina State. And they lose to Morgan State in a bad loss. Couldn't protect the ball to save their life, specifically in the fourth quarter. Then you look at this game versus Delaware State. You lose a close one. Since this game where South Carolina State looked like they were going to say, yeah, we are still the kings in this division. We just needed to wait until conference play to kick it in. Since that game, they look like, no, nah, they're who they were before conference play started. North Carolina Central looks like they are who we thought they were for the majority of the season. Everything is falling back in place. And when everything falls back in place, you look at North Carolina Central, who has looked like the best team, who has the best two victories. Okay, they have the best win. I think their win over New Hampshire is the best win. But you could argue that South Carolina State's win over North Carolina Central is better than North Carolina Central's win over North Carolina A&T. But that's really a toss-up. So I'll say at the worst, the Central Eagles have two of the three best wins in the MEAC of these top three teams this year. They have looked like the best team. And I could argue that, yeah, you had a big-time upset, but that Aggie Eagle Classic, you came out and you set the tone from the very first game. So it's just up and down, man. It's just up and down. But I felt like even in that South Carolina State game, I felt like Central was supposed to win. I felt like if Davius Richard doesn't make a boneheaded interception in the in the end zone, they win that game because kudos to the South Carolina State defense. They played great before that play. They played great after that play. Central still had chances, but the truth is, at the worst, we're probably looking at overtime, and that was a bet. That wasn't that wasn't a. Good job catching the interception, but that was more of a bad play on the offense than a good play on the defense when you're looking at that interception by Nichols in the, in the end zone. That's just the truth. That's what I saw. I saw a guy that was clearly there, blanketed on the receiver, and Davis Richard decided he felt like he had to force it when he completely didn't, and they could have took, taken that field goal and moved and gotten to overtime and maybe not even had to go through all of this. But unfortunately it did, and now we're back, and it's a great story because the Eagles have bounced back and they've taken care of business. All they have to do is beat Norfolk. That's it. Beat Norfolk, and you are in the Celebration Bowl, point blank, period. And to me, this is what it always should have been. North Carolina Central controlling their own destiny. Let's just make sure that they don't have a, a fall like South Carolina State did versus Morgan State. But I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow's episode, we're going to be talking about Sevian Wilkerson and what he has added to this Jackson State offense. This is a big-time transfer when it happened and is paying off with big-time dividends. But for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports Today with Peter Bukowski. You can get it on YouTube, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Now, in the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter tweeting about the Saints, but also tweeting about all of the HBCU athletics. We have the, yeah, everybody, SWAC and the MEAC are tipping off today, so make sure you're checking that 
out. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear you to the family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.